Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Good morning, Eula. This is Life, Death, and the Law, 560 AM KBLU. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I've got my sidekick, the one and only attorney Sean Garner with me today. And we've got Cody Beeson. He's uh, helping us pushing buttons and, and turning dials and um, trying to make us sound as good as we can. I hope you had a great weekend, and I hope that uh, you're finding a reprieve from this heat. It is warm out there. I, I just got back from visiting the East Coast, and it was warm with a lot of humidity, so I'd much rather have the heat that we have here. Even though it's blazing hot, at least we can run through the sprinklers, turn on the hose, or get in the pool and and cool off, as opposed to the humidity that I felt back on the East Coast. I also had the opportunity to go to Philadelphia when I was out there, and Sean, you've been to Philadelphia before, and um, I took my my wife and I went through a tour of uh, um, Liberty Hall, where uh, the Constitution was signed and and where the Declaration of Independence was signed, and it was just great to be back um, that way and and feel of the spirit of the Founding Fathers and and the efforts that they went through, the sacrifices they went through, and a lot of our program today will be geared towards the upcoming midterm elections you're hearing a lot about. Supposedly, you'll hear in the the news cycles, depending on what news you're listening to or, or watching, uh, there might be a red wave is what they're talking about. There might not. Who knows? But uh, a lot of people are dissatisfied with the current presidency and uh, President Biden's administration in a whole. And the things that have happened within the last two years, last week we got, uh, last Wednesday we got a, a, a new report about inflation. It's now up to 9.1%. And so um, we're hitting record high inflation. We would would probably argue this is hyperinflation scenarios and so there is a general unrest in the nation and we've we've got this battle going on between social social issues being presented against economic issues uh, meaning a lot of what i'm seeing in the news cycles is um, abortion talk and and the supreme court recent dobbs decision and and how that's affecting abortion statewide or nationally and uh, you contrast that with the the amount that we're paying at the pump right now, and and the Biden administration's um, efforts of of uh, quelling the efforts here domestically to drill for oil. We're one of the best uh, oil sources in the in the world, and yet um, the Biden administration from day one stopped the pipeline. They stopped drilling. They make it very difficult and put in a lot of uh, government red tape that disallows those that were reaping the benefits of oil and refining the oil to get it to us on a cheaper basis. Now now we're seeing that um, those things are backfiring. And I don't know if it's backfiring necessarily on, on the Biden administration's um, idea set. I think it's what's happening is what they intended to happen. But um, you and I, are re- we, we are living day to day trying to get to work to and fro paying sky-high prices for gas that I've never seen in my lifetime and I'm sure you've never seen in yours. And uh, I went to Walmart, uh, when was this, about a week and a half ago to get some ice cream for my family and I took my kids with me and as we walked past the egg aisle, there were no eggs in the refrigerator in in this Walmart. And and it it was eerie to see the whole shelves just empty of eggs. Luckily, at home, we have chickens that lay eggs we get a dozen a day so 
we're in a good situation where at least we have a dozen eggs coming a day, but we're not like every family out there. A lot of families in Yuma might have chickens in their backyard that can produce eggs, but most don't. And so if you're looking to get eggs to eat for breakfast or to bake with, um, we might run into an issue. And that's just one of many issues that I think we're going to see from uh, supply issues coming down the pipe this coming fall. And, and we heard about this in the spring, and now it's coming to fruition. So what does this all mean? It means now we're leading into the 2022 midterm election cycle. And are we going to see a, a resurgence of individuals voting for candidates that are more inclined to protect our constitutional uh, rights? Or are we going to see a surge of voters um, voting for candidates that are more inclined to put in policies and support agencies that, let's say, quote, unquote, uh, promulgate social agendas. So that's what we're going to run into. Sean, you and I were doing some research prior to this radio show about um, the candidates that we have on the ballot. And and so we're, we're planning on going on in this show. We're going to go through a few of them. We won't have time to go through all of them, but we're going to go through some of the bigger ones that are coming up. And just to give you a little bit of history here, the very first one, which is a big one here in the state of Arizona, is the the race for senator, United States senator. Why is that important? Because we only have two of them. One is up for re-election, and that's Mark Kelly. He's a Democrat. He got elected when uh, Biden was put in in 2020 during the 2020 election. And uh, Kirsten Semina is our our other senator right now. So those are the two senators that we have for the state of Arizona Mark Kelly is up for re-election, but he's only served for two years. Why? Because John McCain, he used to occupy that that uh, that spot until he passed away. Once he passed away, we had Governor Ducey at the time, who was a Republican, and he has the power to appoint a fill-in person as a senator. And he he appointed Martha McSally, if you remember this. She lost to Kirsten Sinema in the actual... Um, race for senator. And um, and so Governor Ducey appointed Martha McSally to fill in the rest of the term for John McCain when he died as senator. But when the election actually came about in 2020, Mark Kelly beat Martha McSally. And uh, so he he's ending out that John McCain term. And just to remind you, senators, U.S. senators for states, serve for six-year terms. So this would have been the conclusion of John McCain's six-year term had he lived, and this is what we're seeing now in this, this election cycle uh, in 2022. And so right off the bat, we've got some candidates that are, are going up against Mark Kelly, and I haven't done a lot of research on, on the senator side. There are no He's running unopposed when it comes to Democratic uh, candidates. So that means Mark Kelly is running by himself in, in the Democratic Party. But there are plenty of Republicans throwing their, their hat into the ring. And maybe maybe what we do, Sean, instead of talking about the Senate races, while we're talking about that, uh, or we're, while we're, we're throwing that out there, maybe what we do is we go to the governor race, because I know you're a little bit more uh, informed about the governor race. I, I, I can talk about the Senate race um, just as disinformed as I can the, the governor <laughs> race. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the conversation will get it started, and... Uh, I think all of us are a little more 
disinformed than we like to admit. And uh, what what's important is that we we open up the conversation, and then we help find sources where we can find out a little bit more about the candidate. Of course, everybody's going to put the shed the best light possible on their own personality and their their own accomplishments when you go on the website and, and you try to determine who they are and, and whether or not they represent your values. So the best we can do is direct voters and our listeners to find non-biased um, sites that they can they can learn a little bit about these candidates. And a lot of us, you know, we work full-time jobs, we run our businesses, and so we don't have time to dedicate our life to politics and, and, and do a full background check on each of these candidates, but we can at least get educated as to what their background was in general, what their personal statements are, and where they stand on key issues. One of the, uh, a great site to go to is Arizona's Voter Guide. So if you top, type in AZ Voter Guide, you should come up with that, and um, you can either look at generally what the Voter Guide is statewide, or you can type in your name and your email address and uh, where you're where you're located in Yuma County or Maricopa County or Pima County, and it'll provide a, a specific voter guide for you. So it'll talk about, okay, what districts can you vote for, what people are running in the districts that you live in, and uh, then you can click on links that provide you direct access to the uh, candidate statements. And that's extremely helpful for me. You know, I'm, I'm crunched for time. I do try to get involved in politics, but the things that I listen to, the podcasts are generally national. And I know personally that these local elections, they affect us very close to home and, and a lot more impactful than even senators or the presidency because of the contractors that they select to build our projects here, the, the way they choose to spend our local tax dollars on parks and sidewalks and infrastructure within the city. So we've got um, three city council members that are up for election. And it's important to educate yourself about those individuals and, and what their qualifications are, too. So, yeah, let's let's jump into what you, what you want to start with, the Senate race? We talked about the senators. And so we've got okay. Mark Kelly. He is up for re-election because he finished out uh, John McCain's term after John McCain died. And so now he needs to be, now we need another uh, uh, senator race to, to see who's going to serve for the next six years alongside Kirsten Cinema. And like I mentioned before, those that have thrown their hat into the ring are all Republicans. So we've got, I think, uh, to date, we have five different Republican candidates that are going to go against Mark Kelly in this race. Mark Kelly um, is a little bit, uh, in my opinion, out there. And, and I think, Sean, I don't know you. I don't know what your opinion on on this is, and I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, but I'm just going to get it out the best that I can, and hopefully I don't offend anybody. But um, when I when I look at a candidate for anything, for any political office, my first litmus test is going to be the United States Constitution and the rights that are protected as God given under our Constitution. If I feel like that candidate doesn't understand our Constitution or will not uphold those rights then they're out in my book. And, and that's just the way that I look at things. I was not happy, and I'll go back to the, the uh, actual um, governor currently of our state, Doug Ducey. I think Doug has done uh, a great job. But when the pandemic happened, I was not happy with his response initially. I, I felt like that was a government overreach when he used his emergency governor powers to lock us into our homes. 
I, I recognize the fear of pandemics and things like that, but I do not think that a government has in the United States of America the power to lock me and my, my family into my house and prevent me from moving about and assembling where I feel I need to assemble. I recognize that everybody is on, the, uh, you know, on a different uh, spectrum here when it comes to this idea. But when you go down that road, I need uh, remember, the government, government is an agent of force. That's it. They are an agent of force, and that's what they do. They can only compel people by force. And that means that if I were to leave my house when Governor Ducey said, don't leave your house, he, ha- he has the power to compel me to go to jail or to lock me up or to deprive my freedom. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think that that's a right that the governor has or anybody in the United States in a, in a government office should have. I think that's contrary to the constitutional principles that our nation is founded on. That's one example of when I say, when I look at a candidate, I want them to be constitutionally sound and I want them to recognize that they work for me and they work for you. They do not have the right to tell me what to do or, or how to do it if it's going to infringe on my God-given rights of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which were enumerated in, in our Declaration of Independence um, from, from England. So if, if a, a mandate or an executive order infringes on that or a candidate is promoting some sort of ideal or social issue that is going to, with, uh, it's going to go against my, my pursuit of happiness or it's going to take away my life or my freedom, then I'm, I'm going to oppose that candidate um, and I'm not going to vote for them. I, I don't know how you fall on this, Sean, but that's my general litmus test, is, is do they pass a constitutional test in the sense of when we're talking about border issues, when we're talking about abortion issues, where do, this, where do these issues uh, line up for that candidate and how strong are they in holding to their guns knowing that there could be another pandemic, there could be a national issue like uh, gender dysphoria that comes into our state of Arizona and in our schools that it might take a strong-willed, strong-backboned person to stand up against them, these, these issues that are thrust upon us by forces that be. I don't know where you fall on that, Sean, but that's my litmus test. Well, I hope you do know where I fall on that issue. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to speak for you. That's what it is. Uh, we, we work together, and, and, and we express our opinions uh, quite vocally um, in public and in private. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree that the government is only there to protect both our God-given rights and our constitutional rights. So we'll get back to these um, candidates for U.S. Senate and see what either one, what their track record was, if they've served in, um, in the public sector already, or uh, what their statements are, their personal statements, and what they say their views are regarding the Constitution and, and individual rights. So we have to take a break here. This is Life, Death, and the Law, 560 AM, TVLU. More thought-provoking conversation coming up next on Life, Death, and the Law, right here after this. Hey you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust 
and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back, Yuma. This is 560 AM KBLU, Life, Death, and the Law. I'm Sean Garner. I'm sitting here in studio with Adam Hanson and Cody Beeson. We are attorneys. Uh, we do estate planning, and but we do take quite a bit of interest in our community and in our state and nation because... Um, we feel like the level of success that we achieved is because of the freedoms that we were granted by our founding fathers. And we want to pay homage to that and also encourage others to do the same. Now, how we exercise our freedoms is up to each individual. And that's what we're trying to explain here. We're not advocating how you should vote, but we're advocating on the principles that have brought us so much prosperity and what candidates stand for those principles. And so let's start off first with um, the current Attorney General, um, Mark Brnovich. Did I pronounce his name correctly? Brnovich, yeah. I think, Brnovich. I think you said it. Yeah, he's, so he's Eastern European. That's where that name comes from. Okay. And he's our current uh, Attorney General. He's the acting Attorney General. Now, you went on a bit of a rampage about Doug Ducey. And, uh, and, and, and I, I'm okay with that because I feel the same way. I feel that especially for a Republican governor for a state that is known for being a maverick and standing out and, and, and opposing what the federal government push is and what the popular movement is because of its principles, he caved on this one. And he closed down the gyms. He closed down float downs, you know, tubing With down dentists. the river. He closed, yeah, dentists. And he, he determined who got to succeed and who didn't succeed. And, and a lot of businesses closed. In fact, nationwide, one in six restaurants closed their doors forever because of the lockdowns that were implemented. And he should have stood up for the people at that point, like Ron DeSantis did, and he didn't. And and so I think he failed us in that respect. Now, Mark Brnovich, um, he was the attorney general at that time. And there was there were lawsuits from these gyms saying that this was unconstitutional. Where was Mark Brnovich standing up for the people's rights, saying, Governor, you're overstepping your bounds? This is not within your power. That individuals, yes, there may be a pandemic here, but we've yet to see, especially when we were, you know, six months into it, a year into it, after they promised we were only going to have to lock down two weeks, you know, to slow the spread, and then it just kept extending and extending. And uh, he should have said, enough is enough. So neither of them had the guts to stand up against the establishment. And so for me, that's enough of a black mark on his record to, to say, move on. Let's look at the next candidate. 
Okay, I'm so glad you got there because that was a thing that that really irked me with our current governor is when you lose in court, you appealed it and you still hurt these small businesses. And I was just wondering how you felt as, as an, you know, as attorneys, how do you feel this attorney general has done for the state? And it, it was that his job to stop to step in there and say, hey, governor, back off. I mean, I, I don't know, like. But you're right, though. Where, where was that? He was never there in the headlines as a champion for the people, and he should have been. Okay. I, I, I like the way that you put that, and now that you're saying that, you're, you really are persuading me because I, I had forgotten that piece. You, you're supposed to uh, hopefully surround yourself with good people, and Brnovich here is the same party as Doug Ducey, and you would have thought that as the legal counsel, one that has a, a Juris Doctorate, and has studied the Constitution, you would have thought that, that uh, Bernovich would have been in the ear, and maybe he was. Who, who's to say that he wasn't? But, but you but can't the fact help that, Cody, that some of Ducey's policies were persuaded by Bernovich. And I agree with that. I think, and I think Cody really hit it on the head there, where you have, it, it would have been one thing had these gyms, you know, they, made, they sued the government, the state of Arizona, and um, Bernovich was the one that continued to push against that, and, and I like the way that you said that, Sean, that had he been for the people or really understood the rights of these gym owners and Arizonans, he wouldn't have pushed so hard. That's one of the frustrations I have with the federal government when they really go against some of the things that I stand for and they continue to fight in the court of law all the way up to the Supreme Court. I, I would have said, you, just let it go. You know, Obviously, the people don't want that, so let it go, but they continue to fight. So that's a really good point. I, um, I think uh, maybe he's turned a new leaf through the pandemic. Who knows? You're smiling you're, or laughing, so maybe well, you don't. Well, maybe people don't change. I guess not. No, no, people can change, and I and I believe in that um, all the time. But I I don't want to put my bet on somebody changing, um, and 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 do it after I voted them into uh, the office, contrary to what their track record shows. And so I, I'm a firm believer of the saying: "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me." And so this guy's got a track record of supporting where the the mass movement was going instead of standing up against it with the minority point of view that, listen, we're Americans. Um, freedom comes with costs, and that means individuals get to make choices that we don't all like, but it's still freedom, and it's better than the alternative, which is a government head telling us what to do because they know better about our health and how to run our business and, and how to run the economy. So... Um, I just can't support him because he wasn't out there for the individuals and standing up for our rights. The next person on on the uh, senator race list, again, these are all Republicans because nobody in the Democratic Party is, is running against Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly's running unopposed there. But we've got five Republican candidates that are running against him. And, and the next person we're going to highlight here is uh, Blake Masters. Blake Masters is actually from Tucson, and he's 35 years old. And... Uh, on his occupation, it says entrepreneur and investor. I was impressed by his bio and the things that he's actually accomplished. At first, when I saw Tucson, I thought, ugh, I mean, how good could this guy be? Because not that I don't, uh, that's not a, a, to throw shade at Tucson. I grew up uh, an hour from Tucson, <laughs> and, and Tucson was where I would go to live most of my, my entertainment life. I would have to go to Tucson for movies, to go school shopping, because I lived in a podunk town. I grew up in a podunk town. And so I'd have to go to Tucson. And so I know Tucson very well. But I politically, 
they're not known for conservatism either. And we know a lot of attorneys over in that area, Sean, that we practice with, and, and they're great people, and we love them, and we have a good time. But when it gets to politics, it gets crazy when we talk about our views and, and they talk about their views. We've, we've been in some meetings, Sean, um, where, where Tucson attorneys, it turns political, and they, it gets into shouting matches. So I love them. Uh, and I love uh, I love their uh, fire and their enthusiasm, but it's not Tucson is not a a, a uh, what I would say a petri dish for conservatism in my mind. That's just the way I feel. So when I saw that he was from Tucson, my first thought was, is this guy like a pseudo Republican candidate, and he's going to throw everything out of whack? But as you read his bio, I, I was actually kind of impressed by what he's done in his life. He's 35 years old. He got his bachelor's degree in Stanford. And then he actually went on and he got his Juris Doctorate. So he, he has his law degree as well from Stanford. And he, he created a, um, a business, a software business, and sold that. So he's, a, he's quite the entrepreneur. He's written a, a, or co-authored a bestseller on New York Times, um, Zero to One. He's sold more than 4 million copies on that. And uh, as you read his bio, he goes on to talk about how the Democrats in power have failed us and, and uh, that they are creating chaos on the border and are skyrocketing inflation and failing schools. And he's talking about widespread wokeness uh, campaigns and things like that. So it sounds like on, the, on its face that um, he, he's one that is going to protect constitutional freedoms like we've talked about. That's my litmus test. I, um, Cody, do you know anything about this guy? You know, not other than uh, he, he's ran for other offices in the past, and he he's you know climbing the political ladders. I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's certainly uh, throwing his, his hat in the in the race here to because he has a chance, you know. Um, but I don't know. I I don't I don't have the warm and fuzzies on on this one either. I don't either, and I don't know why because I agree. His bio says all the right things. Um, he's big into entrepreneurialism. And I like that. He wants people to start their own businesses. In fact, he started his own uh, nonprofit that's now worth uh, reportedly $45 billion. And uh, what it does is it, it, it helps people understand how to create businesses and to um, implement technology to make their business more effective. And, and that's wonderful. And it, and, it, and it helps out our country in general. And in fact, that's what we're known for is being innovative and and. Freedom allows us to think and, and everybody brings some different idea to the table and then together collaborative, collaboratively we, we bring the best ideas. Um, so that's great, but he is super young. He's 35 years old, so he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to fail and learn from those failures. Um, and I think that's a, that's a big thing because um, when, you, when you trip up a little bit and, and then recover, that shows truly your resilience. And I also want somebody that can um, beat Mark Kelly. And so Mark Kelly is, a, is now b- becoming a seasoned politician. He knows how to go to battle. And I think that this guy that's 35 years old may not be up to the, the fight at this point. Um, I do really like that he's, he's got zero tolerance on, like, border security issues, for example, he says the, the correct amount of illegal immigration is zero. So he's absolutely secure the border. The correct amount of um, ab- ab- abortions is zero. And, and of course, what we want is laws that are common sense and 
there's a lot of discussion to be had about that, but he's unapologetic about his position, and so he would fight for that. And as attorneys, we come from um, that school of thought that we've got one side that fights unapologetically for, for, for their beliefs and advocates for their ideas, and then you've got the other side that advocates for their ideas. Now, the left is moving farther and farther extreme, left. And so we can no longer fight from the center. We can no longer fight and say, well, Hillary, listen, we'll meet you halfway, because they'll never meet us halfway. As soon as we come halfway, they move further to the left, and the center line has moved. And so I like people that take strong positions on absolutely, this is what I believe, and I'm not budging on it, I'm going to fight 100% for it, and then the people will come together in the middle. So I do like that about what he says. Um, he also um, is... Let's see here. He he says that uh, he's a constitutionalist and a fundamental constitutionalist, meaning he'll only appoint judges that will um, honor and uphold the Constitution according to the founder's interpretation when it was written. I really like that. Um, but his his youth and his inexperience in going into the dogfight, I don't know that he could take down Mark Kelly. And, and in the end, that's what we got to do. What do you think about that, Cody, that assessment? I, I, I think Sean nailed it in the sense that he may not have all the tools in his toolbox to, to take on a primetime challenger like this. And we're looking at the state voter guide. One of the other websites I think we should look at would be the uh, FEC um, uh, website, you know, the Federal Elections uh, Commission. Or, or That's where they're going to report money. And um, this is where we're going to see how much money Mark Kelly has raised versus all these others. And the other side, I should say the other side, the Democrats, they are, are throwing money uh, towards their candidates. And the Republicans are, are fighting each other for whatever scraps they can get. So you really need somebody that's going to come into this federal race ready to take on a, a per, I don't want to say a professional, but somebody on that major league level. You know what I mean? Like these guys are coming from a triple A ball club up to the majors and they got to do it quick, like within months. What, why is money such a big deal in these races? Um, because, you know, you have your advertisements to get out there. You have, I'm sure, in between, you know, the commercials playing on this show, there's going to be commercials playing for candidates. Um, so there's that name recognition you got to get out there. You have to have billboards and signs and postcards. And, I mean, I'm sure we're all getting inundated with postcards in our mailbox, you know, from the same people multiple times. Um, but all that is a, a formula. It's a marketing formula. Yeah, you know? and Cody, I, I was just listening yesterday to a podcast. Um about how Democrats will actually look for the weak Republican candidate and they'll actually advertise for that Republican candidate in the primaries right. because they know that as soon as they win the primaries, then they can pull back their advertising dollars. So it looks like they actually have good funding and that the candidate has a chance. But then when they get into the... The, the, the true election, the general election, then they pull back the advertising dollars and then that person loses. And so this is a strategy that Democrats use. Money absolutely plays a part in, in how far they can get in getting their message to the people. And um, that, that, that's a slick strategy, um, I'll tell you that. But we got to be careful for it. So look where the sources of the funding come from. It can't just be how much money they have pledged to them, but where are those sources coming from? Oh, yeah. And I mean, what is it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. So if I can support somebody that, that you know, does damage to the next guy coming up, then that's just going to make, you know, my position that much better. Yeah. And if I was, if I was you know, a leader of a Democratic Party, I would say, hey, let's take this young guy. Let's put him up against our, you know, 
seasoned veteran, and and uh, we're going to win on a head-to-head match. So, again, there we go on that. Let, let's move over. Are you ready to move over? To yeah, let's candidate? do it. Okay. we got to take a break uh, before we do that. So this is Life, Death, and Law, 560 AM KBLU. We will be right back after this. More thought-provoking conversation coming up next on Life, Death, and the Law, right here after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back. This is Life, Death, and the Law, 560 AM KBLU. I'm attorney Adam Hanson. I'm with uh, my good old partner, Sean, um, attorney Sean Garner as well. And then we've got Cody Beeson with us as well. He's running the board and trying to keep us uh, up up on time and, and make us sound as best as he can. He's got a really uphill battle to do that, but he's trying his best. We've been talking about the Senate race, just just the Senate race. And we told you we weren't going to get very far into this because just the Senate race alone has five candidates that are running against um, Mark uh, Mark Kelly. And so we've, we've gone over a couple to this point. Uh, we've talked about our current um, Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. He's throwing his hat into the ring. We talked about uh, Blake Masters from Tucson. And uh, how he's really seen a lot of entrepreneurial success. He's got his Juris Doctorate as well from Stanford, and uh, I I like him on his face. I mean, he's thirty, but he's thirty five years old. And Sean and Cody, you you guys are arguing. Well, does he have what it takes to to fundraise? And it's sad that we have to say that because I think if you look at his resume, I'm thinking this guy is good. He's ready to rock and roll. This is a guy that we would probably want in in as a senator because he can go to the senate and he can argue for constitutional rights and um rein back government uh oversight and government uh programs and agencies and things like that because of his values the problem is does he have uh, his resume is not enough when it comes to winning you have to raise enough money does he does he have what it takes to get enough money to raise enthusiasm to garner the votes that he'll need to beat mark kelly Uh, you guys are thinking maybe not he's 35 years old he might be too young at this point maybe in a few years he gets more experience Uh, but that's yet to be seen the other people that we have here on our list uh, to talk about is we just talked about blake masters another one is general mcguire so michael or in other words mick mcguire this guy's i'm so glad you brought him up that's 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 who i would have brought up next is it really he's a complete contrast and he's what, 50, 57. 57 years old. Okay. And he's going to serve for a six-year term. 
So maybe he lives through that. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. 57, 57, man. I could see a heart attack coming in six years. No way. This man is tough as nails. Have you read his bio? Yeah. I mean, one thing that stuck out to me was that he went to flight, what is it, flight weapons school, uh, a.k.a. Top Gun. I mean, that's what I don't. He's in the Air Force. He's an F 16 fighter pilot. Yeah. And uh, a general. So, I mean, this guy. I wouldn't want to be. I want want him as my dad, but uh, <laughs> as a politician, <laughs> why do you why do you make that face, Cody? No, no, you're right. You're right. Could you imagine a dad that's a general in your house? Oh my gosh! Well, he's the perfect guy to go up against Mark Kelly because Mark. Oh yeah, Kelly you got pilot against pilot. He's a fighter pilot, right? And that's what he tells. He's like, listen, I fought for our country. I'm a real patriot. And um, this guy's like, listen, this is what real patriotism looks like. It's not just flying in a plane. It's coming home and standing up for freedom at home as well. It, it's, it's easy to drop a bomb from 4,000 feet. It's not easy to take a bomb standing across from your opponent or against the party that is, is pushing this woke movement. And so I think this guy can stand up, and I think he could take a few on the chin and keep punching. My, my biggest concern is, again, fundraising. And so you brought up this, this issue before. Does he have a personality? I think when we, when we were going to talk about the mayor race, or not mayor, sorry, the governor races for the state of Arizona, I think Carrie Lake has garnered so much support because of her charisma, her, uh, her charismatic nature, because she's been on TV. She has that personality that is likable. And unfortunately, when it comes to politics, I think a lot of people will... They, they cast their votes because of personality. I think that's why Martha McSally lost to Mark Kelly. I don't think, I think uh, McSally was a better candidate on paper, but when it came to, I went to some events where she spoke and I wasn't jazzed just because she, of her public uh, speaking, didn't get me riled up. You know, it didn't, it didn't, speak to me. Maybe it spoke to other people, but didn't speak to me. So unfortunately, I like to think of these types of issues as kind of like going back to high school and you've got your your class president elections that you go through. It's really a popularity contest. And popularity comes in the form of, can I, can I garner trust through my charismatic nature when I speak? And um, does this 57-year-old guy have the ability to do that? Enough so that people are going to throw their money behind him to fight a Mark Kelly. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When you go to the AZ Voter Guide, um, they've got 12 questions that they ask, and individuals can can answer these questions. The questions are, for example, um, do you agree in secure borders? Uh, do you agree in prohibiting abortion? Do you agree in federal judges who interpret the, the Constitution um, according to the framers' original intent? Uh, do you agree in adding sexual orientation or gender identity as a protected class? And so they answer each of these. He is the only one of all the candidates that not only answered every one of them, but answered every one of them with a personal comment that expounded on exactly what he feels and what he would fight for. So, for example, question one, securing the border. He says, we must complete the construction of the wall. Okay. Number two, prohibition on abortion. Life starts at conception. Number three, judges that support and read the Constitution in light of the Founding Fathers' interpretation. We need justices who stick to the Constitution, not those who want to ignore it in its original meaning. Four, sexual orientation. These are not immutable characteristics. Immutable characteristics, for those of you that uh, haven't gone to law school or, or <laughs> been following what traditionally is protected as a... Uh, 
as something a protected class against discrimination is something that you cannot change. You cannot change your sex. You not, you cannot change your race. Okay, those are are things that are immutable. Well, when you can't define a woman, right? When when you get into that slippery slope where you can't define a woman and you can identify as a different gender depending on the day of the week, that is not an immutable characteristic. And when you create a protected class for that, what you do is you put everybody on shaky ground. You don't know um, if you are discriminating against somebody who's in a protected class as a business owner or as an employer or even as a citizen on the street because these protected classes are changing all the time. And he, he sticks strictly with the constitutional interpretation of that, that individuals that fall under the protected class are people that have immutable characteristics, and those characteristics have shown to be discriminated against, and therefore they have certain protections. So there we go on that. Um, as far as, let's see some other hot topic issues that he likes he says the Second Amendment uh, is a pretext in our Constitution, and it's a check on tyrannical government. That, I think, is missed so many times when we're talking about the Second Amendment. Because uh, the, the president, he talks about, you know, what kind of gun do you need to uh, keep in your house? Do, do you need an AR-15 to shoot a deer? It's not about shooting deer. Are you, ta- are you kidding me? The, the, the founding fathers were talking about protecting um, the citizens from the government running over the rights that they were establishing for them. And, and he nails it right on the head. The Second Amendment is a pretext to the Constitution, and it's a check on, or it, it, it's a check on tyrannical government. And that is exactly what it's for. If you've got a bunch of people with guns that understand their rights, then the government has less authority to trample over those rights, or at least better think twice about doing it. That was perfectly stated because we saw that during the pandemic, countries that didn't have those rights and how their governments were uh, just bulldozing over the citizens. Let's talk about money. Okay, so we, we've been going back and forth as to are, is this person able to garner fundraising money enough so that they can actually have a realistic chance of going against an incumbent Mark Kelly? And so going to that FEC uh, government website that Cody referred to earlier, it's really simple to break it down. You can click on the state of Arizona and you go to the Senate race. And right there at the very top, you've got Mark Kelly and the Democratic Party. He's running unopposed in his party. And he's already brought in as far as um, these numbers are concerned. This was last reported March 31st of this year. He's brought in a total of $38.8 million of fundraising, fundraising funds. Okay. Who's the top candidate uh, next in the Republican Party? It's uh, one that we haven't even talked about. We talked about Blake Masters, a young kid that you talked about, the 35-year-old, and we were worried, well, can he bring in the money? He's actually second place to Jim Lamon. Lamon. That's what I was going to say, or Lamon. What's interesting is when you go to the website we've been talking about, Sean, he's, he's on that list, but I skipped over him because when I clicked on him, there's nothing. There's nothing as far as he doesn't list a bio. Where no bio, there's no there's no school, there's no anything. It's just super simple. There, there's nothing and on looks, this guy, he, he and he's like the number kid, one. A Kindle. Yeah, he's the number one <laughs> fundraiser for. Sorry, I don't mean to judge him based on his looks, but he looks like a pretty boy. That's all he gives you to is a, a pixelated photo to judge him off of. Yeah. Let's go to his website. Let's see here. Do do do, Jim. 
Lamont. He support. He, so here's here's my issue for abortion. <laughs> he supports um, an Arizona law that uh, 50, after 15 weeks, abortion should be banned, but up to 15 weeks, um, it is legal. And of course, he he writes in there with exceptions for medical emergencies. I think that if that law stood, then um, that's the law. That's that's what the people vote for, and that's okay. But again, I I think that we've got to look at this from an adversarial um, standpoint, and that is we have to fight 100% for what we believe. And do we believe in um, life starting at conception? Do we believe in preserving life at all reasonable costs? And I do. I do believe that. And so if we got to, in, when the voters went to the polls, something that the legislators came to a, a compromise on, that at 15 weeks, that's where we draw the line, then I could see that's okay. But when you start there at the center, I think that's a weak position at, for a Republican candidate. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, that's what this is about. And maybe what we do here is we we make this an ongoing conversation. So our next episode, uh, when we come back next Monday, is we'll probably go into the governor races for for uh, Doug Ducey's spot. He's termed out, so we need a new governor in the state of Arizona, and we're going to decide that in this midterm election cycle. And so we'll go over those candidates uh, as well and see who's thrown their hat into the ring, and we'll, we'll go from there. But what we want you to do is don't take our word for it. I mean, we want, want you to do your own research and um, make your own informed decisions. I wouldn't just take what the, the uh, advertisements say on TV or the advertisements on the radio, what you hear you know, coming into these midterm elections, I think what you need to do is go to these sources like the FEC funding sources, like Cody brought up earlier. We've been looking at that as we were talking. And you can see how much money or support these people are have been garnering over the course of time. And that is indicative of how well they're running their campaigns and the people that are getting behind them to support them and their, their goals. Ultimately, uh, again, my litmus test is how constitutional are they going to be in protecting our, our rights to life, um, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? This has been another episode of 560 AM KBLU Life, Death, and the Law. We'll talk to you next Monday. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.